Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast, the podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. NLA Live 2020 is around the corner. NLA Live 2020 will be held in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Talking Stick Resort. It is it a beautiful hotel and casino? And we have an incredible lineup of speakers that we'll be announcing here shortly. You can find out more information and get the very best deal on pricing by visiting nextlevelagents.com and clicking on our events page. We look forward to seeing you there. Again, nextlevelagents.com and click on the event page. Hey guys, before I get started with the actual interview, and I'm going to warn you right now, it's a rather short one, but it's powerful. Um, As you can imagine, getting on Gary Vaynerchuk's schedule is not an easy thing to do. It is a, um, it's a big task, something that took me years and years of following up, in fact, and there's a whole story there, um, which I'll share with you. Probably 2011 or 12, he did a stunt called Interview a Day where he was going to go on random interviews for blogs and podcasts one a day for the entire year. And I had somehow noticed it and signed up, got on it. I didn't even have a uh, podcast at this time. Back then, Fred and I were still recording video blogs, though, on KevinandFred.com and on ShortSalePowerHour.com. So I signed up and eventually he stopped doing the interview a day routine a few months in. And so we never got to my turn. And quite frankly, I kind of just forgot about it. But a couple years ago, I saw him tweet something about an interview he had done during that time frame years and years ago. And so I responded and said, that was so cool or something to the effect of that was so cool. And, you know, I signed up for that, but we never got to mine. You stopped doing it. Um, But I super appreciate, you know. The fact that you even did as many as you did. Well, he saw my tweet, responded to it, tagged a couple of his staff members and said, hey, we got to make good. Uh, so all that to say two and a half, almost three years later, uh, he, he paid up, if you will. And so perseverance, follow up, follow up, follow up, really no difference than the way I run my real estate business, right? Long-term follow-up. That's where the fortune is. And so anyways, we had a short but very impactful conversation here that you're about to listen to. We talked to different, we talked about different things. Now, most people, when they talk to Gary Vee, they talk about social media and posting content and just the hustle life, if you will. And the reality is there's so much more to Gary Vee and what he's trying to share with people. And since I've been a student of his, I mean, he made a big impact on me. In fact, the first time I read his first book, Crush It, back in November of 2009, the next day, literally the very next day, Fred and I started the blog Short Sale Power Hour. And we then started filming videos every single day. In fact, we've now filmed thousands and thousands, probably close to 10,000 videos directly attributed to Gary Vaynerchuk's book, Crush It. So he's had a big impact on my life and on my career. All that to say, he's so much more than that. And so we talked about business and uh, we talked about leverage and patience and the difference of short-term ROI versus building something massive. And because it's Gary Vee and I know he's into it, we talked about sports cards a little bit there too at the end. So um, I hope you enjoy this very short, very action-packed 
um, interview. Normally it takes 10 or 15 minutes just to kind of get going and get into the rhythm of an interview. And so we never had that. So it's a little abrupt. And hopefully when we do part two, because he did actually offer up a part two, we'll be able to get a little bit deeper and, and spend a little more time together. But uh, for now, I hope you enjoy this interview at least half as much as I did. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Gary Vaynerchuk. Awesome, dude. So I'm just going to go right at it. Um, man, I think your resume speaks for itself. You've been running businesses since your early 20s, from taking Wine Library from $4 million to over $60 million, and now VaynerMedia, et cetera. Um, I, it seems like you're obviously always in the CEO and the COO role. Like Operationally, how do you grow businesses that big? Like, What are the steps you do? Everyone sees the content, but operationally in the business, what are you doing behind, behind that to make those types of numbers happen? Uh, not over worrying about short-term ROI. So I think one of the reasons people don't do those kind of numbers is they try to be too profitable every year up front, right? Did I freeze on you there for a second? Yeah, it's, it's good though. We're back. So too much profit up front. Most people would rather build, most people's actions speak to building a $3 million business that makes 600,000 in profit versus a $14 million business with 400,000 in profit in the first three years. And the, my ability and non-interest in short-term profit has allowed me to build much bigger business than most people because I'm leaving money on the table for my personal self because I'm reinvesting it in the business. Gotcha. So is that what you mean when you say patience is your leverage? Is you're willing to just let this take a lot longer to get real big? Yes. You, you, you can almost never have both, right? You have to give up profit for hyper top line growth. It's top line revenue versus bottom line profit. And most people choose profit because they think a business is there to buy them a Ferrari or a bigger home. And I think the business is the boss. Absolutely, I think the business is the boss. That's, that's solid. Let me ask you this because I know you've got ties to the real estate industry. Um, you know, things ch are changing fast in our industry. Some people think there may not be that much of a future. Uh, what do you say to the person, because most of the listeners of, of my show like they're, they're almost all in real estate or mortgage. So what do you say to that person who's going, hey, like let's use leverage uh, time as your leverage or patience as your leverage, but they're also not so sure about what, what's around the corner in five and 10 years in our industry. Well, five and 10 years is a long time. So, you, you, know, you know, it all depends on how big or what you want to build is, right? If you want to build something big and important forever, then you do think in 10 year terms. But if you're looking to build something solid, you know, two, three, four years is fine too. And if we're talking about agents being eliminated, that's, a, that's just not going to happen in five years. You know, like we've been hearing that for 20 years, you know, and the reality is humans do business with humans. So no matter what is happening on the innovation front, um, I still believe that most people that are an agent or representative, they still have a good amount of leeway to, to you know, continue to build. Gotcha. So it's okay for us to still be thinking with the long term, with you know whether that's three or five or ten years out. Like we're still going to be able to be there if we're if we're showing up every day and providing value to our clients. You just said the best last part. The last part's the punchline. Are you actually bringing value? Is everything, and that um, and that's the most important part because I think a lot of people are just sitting there and collecting a check and not bringing value. They're the ones who should be worried. But if you're bringing value. You know, there's still people who are milking cows and delivering fresh milk because they're the most valuable and that person wants fresh milk. That's a fact. 
That's a really good point. It's, very, it's, it's you know, like, you know, these things go from, from everyone to best. So if you're still the best, you're going to be in a great spot. If you're not, you're vulnerable. That's solid. Let me ask you this. So I've seen you now, as I've watched your career over the last 10 years, you know, you've blown up from now in multiple different lines of businesses. Is that just taking, getting really good at one thing and then taking your business principles into other things? Because it seems like you've now kind of spread out, not the investment stuff, but the actual businesses that you're running day to day. Yeah. I realized I was an operator and a communicator and, um, and that obviously can be deployed against many, many, many different genres. So, uh, I realized I wasn't a retailer. I was a marketer. I realized I wasn't just a marketer. I was an operator. And that's how you're seeing this. What do you think? What do you think is the most misunderstood thing about Gary Vee? A lot because of the way I communicate publicly. I think there's a real difference between me, the operator. Like for example, a lot of people don't even think I have a business. They don't dig deep enough. They just think I'm a motivational speaker, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think because of my energy, people think I'm fast, I'm in it for fast, yet I really am slow and very calculated and patient. Um, I think people think I care about money and, work, and working yourselves into heart attacks, and I don't care about either of those things. I care about happiness. I just love what I do, and I like business. So I think, I think people that have given me the incredible honor of really paying attention for, to me like really understand me. And, and I think as I was saying that, you're like, no, no, I understand all that. But I think, you know, when you've talked about me to others where you've seen some of them say, ah, he's just a jerk or he's a snake oil salesman or whatever, they're the ones who only caught one clip and made judgment based on the way I said something versus what I'm actually saying. So what do you... Do you agree with that? Is that... Is, I, I, no, I would totally agree with that. I think, I think there's a great misunderstanding out there about what you do. And in fact... I don't think many people do understand the fact that you're a business operator as well as this guy that they're seeing everywhere they go, which obviously is by design, right? Um, sure. But you know, that's why I asked that question specifically because I know you're misunderstood. Uh, as someone who studied you for the last decade, I've probably misunderstood you at times too and then heard you say yes. something and then went, oh, he went deeper. By the way, to your point, I apologize for jumping in, but you made the point. Let's not also, listen, I always think the audience is right. I think I've done, I've evolved and have also listened to people consume me and say, wait a minute, I'm not doing a good enough job. This to me is a lot about my own self-responsibility. To your point, as somebody who's paid attention, I've also done a good job to create clarity and gone deeper because I realized, oh wait, my intent or nuance isn't being received let me put it on me to do a better job to communicate. So I don't get mad if people think all I want to do is have people hustle into a heart attack. I create clarity around happiness or the cost of entry or other things that matter within that combo. So I've evolved my communication in, in reaction to things that I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I'm not doing a good enough job. This isn't the audience's fault. This is my fault. Let me add clarity. So I think that's something that happens to anybody who starts putting out content or takes a stage on any level, right? They're going to have that. And I think most people can't take that type of feedback. What are, is there something tangible you did? Like other than like the tough upbringing and I know you you know, you were loved from day one. And so you, you're really clear on who you are as a person, but I think a lot of people struggle with, they get a little bit of negative feedback, someone negative comment on their Instagram post or, or their LinkedIn article or whatever. 
and it like it, it can send them into a tizzy for a week and they don't post content again for the next month. I think it's a combination of empathy and humility, which, you know, I don't think most people think about if they've only consumed one of my videos when it comes to me. But I think when you hear that, you're like, I get it. Yeah, totally. I'm, you know, I'm a human and I don't have the audacity to think that everybody should believe me or understand me. And I have empathy that everyone's moving quick and it's headline reading and one word wrong on LinkedIn puts everybody into a mindset. So I feel pretty uh, understanding. I think most people are, are insecure and loaded with ego. And, uh, and uh, the reason I'm willing to take feedback and listen is because I think that I have confidence and bravado, but I, I, I don't think that offsets the fact that I have humility and empathy. And I think that's what makes it easy for me to understand. That's awesome. Humility and empathy. I, I get that. Um, all right. So here we are. It's coming up at the end of 2019. I've heard you say a few times now, and especially in your Twitter feed, you're picking up the content on sports cards. Like what yes. is it about the sports cards? I've heard you say, Hey, you can't get enough sneakers now to go flip. Is it just because of this, this ability that people are going, Hey, let me look at things differently. Something I can go flip that sneakers are now out. So sport, sports cards are obviously next. Like what do you see? I just, I'm listening and I'm watching eBay auctions and I'm watching, you know, chatter on social and between sneaker kids that flip that are getting into it. Uh, dads that grew up with the heyday of 87 to 91, having children that are old enough to collect too. And um, gambling, you know, people are pulling a Zion card. The other day, somebody pulled a Zion card out of a pack that's $50 a pack that they're selling for $100,000. So there's, you know, gambling components to it. Um, there's a lot of nuances to it. And I apologize, but I'm on fire. I have to do this call right now. I'm happy to do a part two for five more minutes with you because I'm enjoying the shit out of this. Dude, let's do it. I will email your team back and we'll schedule part two. Gary V, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you. NLA Live 2020 conference is coming up on April 23rd, 24th, and 25th of 2020. It is not too early to register. Visit nextlevelagents.com today and click on the events link for more information and ticketing. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoy this, go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at, leave us a review, share this episode with your friends, and for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.